0: Welcome to a big Beatles sort out movie special bonus special special bonus Ruttles episode. It's very special, isn't it, Paul?
1: Oh, very, very special.
0: And very bonusy.
1: Very bonusy.
0: Yes, in this special to close series two, we are turning our
1: attention to
0: the parallel world of the Rutles film create, more specifically the 1978 film. All you need is, all you need is cash, but before that. Don't forget you can follow us at Big Underscore Sort on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at Big_Beetle_Sortout at gmail.com. And please do like and share our posts and tell everyone. Paul, before we delve into the world of the rules, have you got anything you want to tell us about? Before we disappear for a few months, because this is most most likely the last of Series 2. This is most likely the last of the (laughs) series?
1: Yes. Well, uh... I'd moistly like to say that no, I haven't got anything in particular. I have been going on a, a few times about my other podcast, the Head Ballet podcast, but yes. I've wrapped that up. Yes, now. Yeah. So I have my novelty song podcast, the Head Ballet podcast. It's still out there to listen to, but it's in archive format now. I decided to uh, mothball that. But if you're interested in novelty songs and you haven't gone and listened to it, then th- there's lots of brilliant episodes with lovely guests out there. And I would uh, s- still be happy if you went and listen to those things because uh put a lot of time and effort into it and no one listened so there oh, we go
0: they're very good they just need the word to get out there people will still be discovering them i'm sure for for time to come and now you could get the sense of satisfaction of being a completist if you listen to them all
1: yes indeed it's yeah. a
0: it's a uh, it's a closed system now no i absolutely yeah implore you please go and have a listen i mean if you just think about you know the knowledge paul brings to bear on this podcast without which it wouldn't really mean be much but me um stuttering and mumbling and coming up with some numbers that don't make much sense paul brings that, that historical and pop music history context onto that and and onto all sorts of interesting novelty things so go and have a listen it's great Thank you. um paul and his guests I should say his great guests yes yeah, some very very good guests Um, For me, as always, please look out for me on the links that are on the um, podcast episode. You'll have links to my Spotify and my YouTube and whatever service you prefer to listen to, Apple as well, where I am putting out a song a month, every month this year. That's the plan anyway. And I should have done some more by the time you're listening to this. So yes, just keep on doing that whilst we're away, because I'm still going to be doing it whilst we're not putting out episodes. Um, and we'll talk a bit about um, what happens after this and Series 3 at the end of this episode. But first, we should do on this Beatles Day, which
1: is the 9th of May. Well, it is true to tradition. We don't want to break that system. We don't want it to change anyway. except that I'm going to do that. Oh, okay. Because I really couldn't be bothered to do anything for the 9th of May on the Beatles Day. So I'm pushing us forward three days in history. Okay. To the 12th of May. Yeah. And I am going to talk about the Rutles. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I am, I'm breaking the format, so we can go to the 12th of May, uh, 1975, which is the day that the first episode of Rutland Weekend Television is broadcast on BBC Two. Okay. Now, it doesn't contain any Rutles in it, but it is the first episode of the show that most significantly gives us the Ruttles, right. the thing we're going to be talking about here. It's Eric Idle's sketch show, post-Monty Python stuff. Mm. The concept being, and this is relevant for what we're going to talk about. If I wasn't mentioning it here, I'd be mentioning it in the main bit of the episode. The idea being that, I think in 1974, in a sort of change of boundaries of counties in the, in the UK and England, mm. Rutland was abolished. Now, Rutland was the smallest county in the UK... Okay. It's come back since. All right. Because the way boundaries move and historical things are here there and everywhere. Mm. But the notion was, well, how the ideal thing for a TV company to make a program would be the cheapest thing possible. So what's cheaper than making a program that broadcasts specifically for a county that is not only the smallest county in the country but also doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so you end up with Rutland Weekend Television which is designed to look like it was made on a shoestring and also mm. was, coincidentally, made on a shoestring budget. Right. Okay. So, uh, but it's the, it's the programme that ends up giving us the Ruttles, although mm. episode one, which goes on the 12th of May, 1975, doesn't feature any actual Ruttle content, but it does feature Eric Idle, Neil Innes, and several people you will see in the Ruttles film. Mm. Ah, okay, well, that's very interesting. And we'll dive more into that because I'm
0: interested in the whole Genesis of the Ruttles because I have not done a deep dive as I'm sure you have done many times over the years mm-hmm. um, so yeah we'll find out a bit more about Rutland TV and um, everything that led up to this film all you need is cash but before we do that Paul shall we have a little listen to a trailer why
1: ever not the
0: Rutles story is a legend a living legend a legend that will live long after lots of other living legends have died tonight we are extremely proud to present the semi-legendary life story of the prefab four dirk nasty stick and barry you made the 60s what they are today the fabulous Ruddles. so paul would you like to give us i mean a synopsis is that the
1: right word just to start us off what what sum it up sum it up <laughs> Well, I think the interesting thing will be, if, they, if we've got any listeners who've never heard of the Ruttles, it would mm. be a bit odd, given how much I bang on about them. Yes. And I think most true Beatles fans know of the Ruttles and tend to hold them very dear to their heart, mm. as either a musical group doing the fantastic Neil Innes songs, yep. and or as the movie The Ruttles, All You Need Is Cash, the documentary from 1978, which is written by Eric Idle and features, obviously, this faux documentary about a band that happens to be akin to the Beatles story. Mm. It first premieres on the 22nd of March 1978 on NBC in America, and then on the 27th of March 1978 on BBC Two in the UK. Right. And its story is bound up in both Eric Idle's BBC2 sketch show of a couple of years before, yeah. And Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So it is a very transatlantic thing, really. Yeah. Anglo-American production. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. And it's a fascinating article because uh it's we could get into loads of stuff about Everybody who was in it, everybody who worked on it, the entire process, and we'll outline all of this stuff yeah. to some extent, but I think the key thing to remember with this is the reason it's it's worth talking about when you're talking about Beatles things is because it's it was so important as being an object in the 1970s, so pre-Lennon's death, mm. that told the Beatles' story by proxy Yeah, in a way that they hadn't quite got round to doing themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that was especially important for george harrison mm. but by extension you know i think it did a lot of good for the beatles and probably was a little a little kick to keep them going you know to keep those memories going keep the myth alive keep the the joy and of all that period alive without it being too much of just like let's rehash some newsreels of the band again and put out this this documentary that Neil Aspinall was overseeing The yeah. Long and Winding Road Yes, yeah. you know that could have come out in 1978 possibly you know it might have done something like that and it would have just been probably that would probably have been like oh, that's the lid on the Beatles story yeah because we've just told it in retrospect whereas the Ruttles is like well it's not the Beatles but it is yeah and it's funny and it's it makes you look at them in a different way so it's, it keeps the joy alive, and I think that's a really important thing.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting what you said um, about how it, the, the 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 shape of the story, the way they tell it. Because one yeah. of my questions for you was how how many documentaries of the Beatles story really existed before this? Because we've only got an eight. I mean, eight years is quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But had there been a definitive telling between the breakup and now, no, because this is a parody almost of things that haven't yet been invented that no one had done. Am I right in thinking that it was kind of we? You look at it now; it's like oh, it's a parody of of every Beatles documentary you'll ever watch, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't. Was there any? That's the no,
1: no, not there. There wasn't really. I mean, obviously, there'd been like extended sort of uh, news documentaries about them and things like that, mm. and there was a. a Quite an important series in the 70s called All You Need Is Love. Right. But that wasn't about the Beatles. It was an episode about the Beatles, which I've never seen, funnily enough. And I must get it because it is available on DVD, I think. It's called All You Need Is Love, The Story of Popular Music, which is a 17-part documentary on TV by a guy called Tony Palmer, which was broadcast between 1976 and 1980, which covered like the 20th century as pop. Yeah. So not the Beatles, everyone. Yes, but the, there was a sort of Beatles, Mersey Beat focused episode, which mm. I've not seen, but is one of the big influences on the Rutles, right. I believe. And other than that, no, there wasn't any extended thing, and there certainly wasn't anything official. There was no official telling of the story.
0: So this is it. So I mean, the, obviously, people just lived through some of it because yeah. they wouldn't. They would have been. They would have picked... Everyone who lived through that era would have picked up the Beatles at whatever point that they swung into their radar, as it were. You know, if they Mm -hmm. were coming of age at that time or they were already a bit older and they didn't take notice at first, then they started to take note. You know, different eras would have spoke to different people. But not everyone who entered into it would have read everything and listened to every interview about... um, you know, the Hamburg days and all that stuff. But all those beats are in this, aren't they? And
1: yeah. so is this well, really... A, is Eric of a, a,
0: a super fan who knew all this stuff? Or has he gone out? Of, well, he
1: was a fan. Yeah. Um, and but, a friend as well. And a, and a friend, of certainly of, of George, particularly as the years rolled on. Uh, but basically, Eric got access to the cut of long and winding road, the oh, documentary. Right, okay. So he him and I think Neil saw it as well, and they used that as a template because that did what essentially that becomes essentially the anthology. Right. So that donkeys makes- donkeys right. years later.
0: So it's just that it was all done backwards. They got to see the thing that if they'd have come second would have been the parody they would have been parodying. Yeah. So they're they parodying they're parodying a
1: thing, a thing that hasn't been seen.
0: Right, that's so amazing. But the
1: thing that has but the thing that they ha- that they saw that no one else saw contained all the newsreel footage, yeah, clips from the films, some interviews and things like that. So it's hence it's, they're it's a so funny closely thing. related to yeah.
0: and why the shape of this is so it just So draws those parallels so so yeah. well.
1: Okay. I mean, they don't do it perfectly. There's, there's, I I'd have a funny time with the Ruttles movie. All you need is cash because it. In a, if you get too focused on it, it does stuff out of order. Yeah, right, Some of it yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. The wigs, the different length wigs go on at the wrong time, and there's a bit of cutting backwards and forwards. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't necessarily work as a linear storytelling. But that's not it's not really what it's supposed to do. It's cheap, mm. even though it's it was made for a lot more money than the BBC would have made it for, and he was he was going to make it with the BBC, mm. um, but but it's still cheap. Yeah. Uh, the thing that elevates it above everything, and I, and I say this, you know, as a Monty Python fan, the thing that elevates it above Eric Idle's writing, yeah, and all the guest stars from SNL and all that, yeah is the music. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing that really really lasts and, and outshines that the whole thing.
0: Yes, I think this would be a a, a, a great time to put a nice montage snippet of the music. Do it. Now that we are too- Yeah, I mean, even in that little sequence we've just listened to, which is at the beginning of the film where they're showing they're doing the old, you know, the the classic montage of what you're about to watch in the documentary, going through the different eras. Yeah, some of those songs that he wrote, which we know because we've covered them in series one, um, were maybe only feature in this film for a, a few seconds. No, no, Not many of the songs get a full playing, do they? But such is the genius and skill of Neil it that he, you know, what could have been like it, well, we'll make a couple of bars or something that sounds a bit like this song, turned into a full-on album project, didn't he? You know, he wrote yeah, them yeah. all, he really, he really... Well, Put this the, is the thing, the I think... Put time and effort into it.
1: Uh, well, shall I outline the history of this then? Yeah, go on. Let's, Just let's, because um, this will take... help me make a point anyway. Okay. So, like I say, the, there's this sketch show on BBC Two in the UK called Rutland Weekend Television, the yeah. notion being it's the cheapest little local broadcast. And it's great, and it's never had a proper DVD release, and it, and it really, mm. really deserves one. And it's You know, this is someone from Monty Python, for heaven's sake. Yeah. But on Series 1, Episode 3, which came out on the 26th of May, 1975, Mm. at 25 to 9, if you're interested, we have the first appearance of a character called Ron Lennon. Right. Played by Neil Innes, doing a song called The Children of Rock and Roll. Right. Which becomes the Rutles song, Good Times Roll, later. Right. And it's just a little moment. It's a skit. You know, Eric was obsessed with sort of rock and pop and his mates who were sort of you know, mm. pop stars and rock stars. And they generally, in turn, were f- obsessed with comedy as well. Yeah. So which is quite nice. Anyway, this the rest of series one happens, and then we have a Christmas special on the 26th of December 1975, mm. which features a certain George Harrison as the special guest. And he turns up on this episode, the Christmas special of Brooklyn Weekend Television, and they're trying to get him to play My Sweet Lord, I think. Right. But he's he's insistent that he wants to do a song about pirates. Uh, yes, I've seen the clips. And he ends up doing this thing called the pirate song. Yeah, which is great. You know, it's it's brilliant, and he's a good one of those famous it, yeah. people in the world doing doing this thing. Yeah. Then we have series two, episode one, it comes out on the twenty first of April, nineteen seventy six, and it features a sequence set in a hospital with all these people with different maladies. But Neil is there as a man who is suffering from love songs. Right. And you see him walking in the hospital grounds in his dressing gown singing, what is, I must be in love. Yeah. And then that fades into, crossfades into, the first on-screen version of The Ruttles. Right, okay. Which is basically the um, Hard Day's rut sequence. You know, black and white, yeah, messing around in a yeah. field. But it's not it's not the lineup we know and love. It does have Neil as the Lennon character. It does have John Halsey as the drummer. But right. you've got Eric is playing the George character in this one, and okay. David Batley, who was a stalwart of Rutland Weekend Television, is playing the Paul role. Okay. Then it cuts to the documentary maker, the narrator, yeah, yeah. who delivers his lines, and as he's delivering them, the camera speeds up and pulls away from him. <laughs> And so basically, that is what becomes the Ruttles. Yeah. Eric comes up with the name of the group, which Neil apparently didn't like because it doesn't really make sense. Because everything in the Rutland weekend television was Rut this, Rut this, Rut that, Rut 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 the other. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Neil was a bit sort of taken back, was like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Call it the Ruttles, at least. 'Cause it yeah. sounds like Bootles or Bootles near Liverpool. You know, it's, yeah. it's 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 a funny one really, and uh, yeah, I sort of get what he means. But then in nineteen seventy six we have an episode of SNL. Yeah. Saturday Night Live, twenty fourth of April nineteen seventy six, your Lorne Michaels, who produces that, sort of goes on screen and says to the Beatles, Look, if you come down to the studio and reform me, you only have to play three songs yeah. and I will pay you three thousand dollars the princely but, sum basically that yeah because of course in the newspapers at the time they were getting offers for like come down and just do one show for a million dollars type of thing um and so it was a joke a gag yeah but the the irony being that apparently paul and john were together in new york at the time and were watching it yeah just down the road from the studio <laughs> and they were like should we go down it's a live show yeah <laughs> And they didn't! Imagine if they had them. But imagine, yeah, Yeah. you know. They were just having, like, I think it was just a a bunch of them and, and, Mm. you know, partners sort of and stuff just hanging out. And it's like, should we? (laughs) Which would have been amazing. But then in in October of 1976, Eric Idle hosts an episode of of, uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm. Lorne Michaels basically says, okay, well, we did try and get the Beatles for $3,000. Eric said he could do it, but then basically he brought us this. It's mm. the Ruttles. and they show the clip of the Ruttles from, from yeah. Rutland Weekend Television. Right, okay. And people go mad for it. Right. And I think the funny thing is, I think in Eric's mind, I, I mean, I can't speak for him, really, but uh, this is just my opinion. Mm. He might listen to this. Sorry, Eric. Um, I think in Eric's mind, it's his, he thinks the concept is the hook. Right. But it's not, it's the music. The music's Do you the think hook. it's a, a marriage of the two. Well, yeah, and obviously it, it really probably is. Yeah. But the, it's not so funny, the, the clip from Rutland Weekend Television, that you would go, ha, 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 oh, that's amazing, I want yeah. to see more of them. Because it's a it's a slightly off-kilter parody of a bit of A Hard Day's Night. But the music yeah. is is so catchy, you know, I Must Be In Love, it's so good. Yeah. yeah if it that, was, That's the thing.
0: I was saying about Neil Innes, if he'd have just done for that thing, you know, that first clip, and then the film itself, we need five seconds of a song, and only really thought, well, let's, you know, let's just make something that sounds vaguely beatle for five minutes, for five seconds. It wouldn't have captured your imagination as much as like, well, that's actually a really good song. <laughs> this is, this could have been, a Be- this that could have been a Beatles song. It's that weird um, parallel ability he had to to make a song that was parallel to the one it was parodying but being its own thing as well
1: yeah it makes the it makes the actual thing it's parodying better by being brilliant itself yeah it's not just a a cheap rip-off it's
0: a a clever homage yeah but done because they're not funny songs either part you know they're funny
1: they have yeah there's a few funny lines here here and there but there's no there's no boom tish Punch lines. The film,
0: the film doesn't... I mean, if you listen to the songs... I mean, we're talking about the film specifically. If you listen to the songs, there are funny lines in them. But the film doesn't play up. No, no, it, it doesn't. It, it gets a laugh out of every song's name straight away. You know, all you need is cash. Ouch. That kind of thing. But it doesn't try and say, oh, well, you know, listen to this bit, this is a funny... It's not about that. Somewhat. Well,
1: actually, all the funny names are songs that don't really exist. Yes, the one, you know, yeah. a, a hard day's rut. Yeah, um, I am the waitress. All that stuff that is mocks up for the, yeah. for the film. The actual songs themselves have fairly sensible pop names. Yeah, and they're fine as well. But to just f- fill out the story, twentieth of November, nineteen seventy-six. George turns up on Saturday Night Live. George Harrison. Mm. Um, I think it's on an episode that Paul Simon's hosting, and he starts. Ha- you see a sequence where he's haggling with Lorne Michaels over his split of the money that he offered. Nice. Right. And he's like, well, it was $3,000 for all of you. And he sort of barters down, George down to $250 if he'll say, from New York, it's Saturday night. Yeah. Live from New York, it's Saturday night, which is what he does. Right. And then you have another episode in 1977 where I think Eric's hosting again, but Neil's on it as Ron Nasty or, or huh. whatever, playing Cheese and Onions. Okay. And it, again, it's, it was like bootlegged as like, there's a lost Lennon song. Lennon turned yeah. up on SNL because obviously we know now we've got the internet, we've got years of records and stuff like that. But at the time it was broadcast and then done. Yeah. And it was started doing the rounds as like, this it's, this is Lennon. This is a missing Lennon song. He turned up and did this. <laughs>
0: yeah, just a vague um, memory from people who like caught it in a story that's passed on between people who, yeah. who saw it and, and didn't see it, yeah.
1: But the response to the Ruttles in general is so good that Eric's like, well, I want to do something with this then as a concept. He goes back to the BBC and they're like, oh yeah. But then Lorne Michaels steps in and sort of offers him a better budget, you know, something like 10 times more than he would have had, Mm. but it's still not a good budget. No. And uh, yeah, yeah, so he's got in his back pocket, he's got the all you need is love the story of popular music documentary, which obviously was in everyone's mind at the time because it was Mm. mid 70s, big thing. But George has wangled him access to... The Long and winding road, yeah. So he's got all that stuff. They write the ruttles, they make it, and it comes out in 1978 on TV. That's Which the history.
0: Is, yeah, so it comes out on TV. So was there another writer? I, I, I had a feeling that I saw another name on the credits.
1: No, no, it's just Eric as his credit as a writer. You've got uh, it's directed by Eric with a guy called Gary Weiss. Ah, that's the, yeah. So uh, yeah, so he's the. the other director, as in the main guy behind okay. the camera. Right, okay. You have Neil is listed as the guy who does the music, because he does. Mm. And I would like to, just before we get stuck into it, I'd like to make a special shout-out to the costume person, Polly Hamilton, mm. because the costumes are so good mm. to reproduce these things and dress people in them and it not look like, you know, big baggy comedy versions of. They look yeah. really, really good. And the same goes for the art director who's called Petter Button, which is a great name, uh, who was actually a set dresser on the Magic Christian who does an, an amazing job with the the sets and the various things that need sorting out to, to seem authentic and, and this, to match yeah, with the cut-in footage and stuff.
0: The representation of all the different areas. I mean, it, it, it may be a, a shoestring budget, but they, they just get... The, they do make you believe that you're watching... The Ruttles inserted into the same kind of sets that the Beatles played in real life, you know, that they, they are in yeah, a stadium, they are in a they, you know, they are playing in the a concert hall, they are playing in Hamburg. They get Despite all... the fact
1: they were shot in about three locations. Yeah. Most of the actors didn't leave the UK. Yeah. You know, all the live stuff was shot in one space. It yeah. was just redressed to be the different spaces. Well, that's the clever thing about
0: it, even the joke Bahamas stuff feels really accurate because that's what Help actually looked like. Yeah. You know, when they're meant to be in the Bahamas, but and they're obviously they're actually
1: not. in Southport, in just yeah. up from Liverpool.
0: But as we know from our episode when we talk about Help, because they were they were in the Bahamas on a really grey kind of wrong time Cold of the wind. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually looks the same anyway.
1: <laughs> Much. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say about the, the Ruttles. Is that I think both you and I watched the DVD version that's labelled as the special edition. Mm. And if uh, if my online pal uh, Daryl McLean is listening, he'll be furious because he doesn't like the edit of this. I don't know because there's was... yeah. So th- the main edit now on the special edition is 73 minutes long, and right. it's you know if you don't know any better, it's the definitive version. Mm. But it's still not very well treated. It's not very you know. It really needs a proper clean up. It needs a proper. Mm. A, a proper going over yeah really um but yeah it's there the version that you can you would have see originally in america was edited for tv you know there's different edits flying around but but yeah so that, i was thinking that while watching that footage of them in southport and it's supposed to be the bahamas mm. i mean it looks very grey yeah <laughs> but you know i've had some nice days out in southport um, but it's, I'd, I've never been there and thought, well, oh, this will pass for the Bahamas. <laughs> but they, 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 um, yeah, they, they, they point that
0: out, don't they? Make the, they make that the joke. Yeah. When they, in, in introducing you've
1: got cardboard section. trees there, you yeah. can't
0: really. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one of my questions was going to be about how it did at the time, but because it was a TV release, I guess it's just a case of, you know, it's not the same as a, it wasn't a cinematic, it never had a cinematic release. And I guess other than perhaps it. Select cinemas, I guess, over the no, years. No, I don't
1: think so. No, no, no. So,
0: so it was a, it was a a TV sp- specialist, sort it just landed on yeah. people. Yeah. Any idea of its um kind of viewership at the time, or it, its, it's? I react- think certainly to- in
1: America, it hmm. got the lowest rating of anything in its time slot for that year. <laughs> oh, I believe. A- yeah, it it bombed. Yeah. Um. But strange. it became a sleeper hit, as they say. Yeah, yeah you know, it, yeah, a cult classic, <laughs> definitely. Yeah,
0: I mean, so we're not doing, you know, um, I'm not going to do rating and stuff. We're just, you know, this is a bonus bit of um, of an episode, so we're just going to keep on talking about it in general terms. So maybe one thing to talk about is the people who appear in it and, and uh, as whom. The main one being the documentary maker or the documentary presenter. Yeah, the narrator, the narrator Eric Idle, who you know does all these amazing kind of. I mean, I guess he's that, that kind of narrator character. I don't know if that comes from that seventy series or if it's just the generic because it's a very Python esque character, isn't it? The man with the yeah. microphone talking to the camera, doing a doing his VT bit. So all those those kind of uh, popping up in the wrong locations, the camera losing interest and driving away. Tonight,
1: we examine the legend of the Ruttles. We look at their lives, their loves, their music. We examine some of the problems that made them what they are today. And we shall also be asking some of the people who worked with them whether they were really the sort of lovable people they were made out to be. We shall be asking many people who knew them what they were really like.
0: Or just drifting away. <laughs> just slowly mm-hmm. panning away. And um, eventually, at the very end, kind of crash-landing into him. I like those, those bits. And actually, he he does the majority of all the narration and dialogue throughout, doesn't he? There's, it's, it's, it's it does. 90% yeah, I ninety mean, percent. Eric Idle, the actual film's dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is why he was the one who got to go off to New York and go to New Orleans and do all that stuff while everyone stayed at home. Um, <laughs> was he living in
0: LA by that point, or did he? Did he? Was he still living no, in? London? I
1: think. He, I think he had a girlfriend who was. Did he have a girlfriend who was living with Dan Aykroyd in New York or something like that, or right. or his wife? um or something like that anyway he was you know he liked to be around with his uh celebrity mates and stuff yeah. like that uh and you know neil basically just gets told i'll oh, write 15 songs by next week mm. and he eric gets to go off and do all the the glam bits yeah with with all the famous people and, and all that stuff yeah well uh, he's but mostly
0: yeah, off camera with them, isn't he? he doesn't he doesn't
1: yeah, I think he was there with them actually doing yeah, it. But, yeah, uh, a couple of ones. But yeah, one of his favourite jokes is to have really incongruous reaction shots from a narrator. Yeah. So you have someone asking someone a question and they're clearly not in the same room. And you see that all the time, you know, yeah. still to this day. and having, So you can have him in his hospital bed asking a question of Mick Jagger, who's, who's clearly in the same place that we're supposed to have thought he was with the narrator before.
0: Yeah, I do like the narrator character and the the. Uh, I it is it, it's straight out of python um and to have just throw away jokes is when he's saying it is here in New York and then being somewhere completely different just uh,
1: yeah I mean he it does it's like I say I, I I prefer the music to the film <laughs> I think the film's great and I will watch it over and over again yeah but I'm as a as a fan of Monty Python mm mm-hmm. that's a mix of lots of different joke voices joke writing voices. Yeah. So sort of groups, you know, little pairs of people and then Eric Idle generally writing on his own. This is a lot of Eric Idle. Yeah. And he's he's not got lots of jokes. He hasn't got 73 minutes worth of jokes. Yeah. And you wouldn't have it necessarily, but so he does use the same type of joke yeah, over and over again. Yeah. You know, so it it can get a bit a little bit one note for my liking, but yeah. he's got an idea and he's run with it. So he's used that as the you know the narrator concept is the thing that's the. I pro- think the difference, the, with, the progenitor guess, of this. When you're talking about these two
0: distinct halves of this film, which is the Neil in his music and the Eric Idle, writing. writing, yeah, yeah, is that this is well, like within Eric Idle's normal He Yes, yeah, in his wheelhouse. Doesn't have yeah. to stretch himself to do this. No, it's, he's obviously you can, from what you've told me now about the genesis of this. They've gone. People really like that sketch. They like the music. It's a great little idea. We we've gotten in with the Beatles. Yeah. We've got a relationship to kind of with George Harrison. Yeah, let's, let's spin it out into something yeah. absolutely fine. It's it's completely comfort zone for him and for Neil Innes. It's a project. He's he's a passion project, isn't it? He's really poured his talent into it. Yeah. Um, he, you know. He hasn't half. I'm not saying that Idle half asked it, but he wouldn't have needed to do much more than that because it's it's those a uh, those characters he's so good at doing and those those little kind of visual. Well, if jokes. Neil,
1: but if Neil had sort of if Neil had half asked it, for instance, yeah, uh, it would have completely collapsed. Whereas actually, Eric can half arse it a little bit, yeah, <laughs> because the 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 basis on which it's built is the brilliance of the songs, yeah, and it's meant to
0: be like the show
1: i sound like i'm being really horrible about about eric but i don't i don't mean to be i just uh, i just think that the thing for me that really is most important is the music it's what makes yeah, it gives it its legacy makes it last yes but but we to get that it is tied
0: together by by our um the yeah. man but if eric get...
1: hadn't told him to write a load of songs he wouldn't have done it yeah exactly and then we've got a... So don't forget that Eric also plays Dirk McQuickley. Of course he does. The, yeah. the Paul McCartney character. It's, it's not up to me. If you come to me and ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because it is the truth. I have had tea. Lots of tea. Indian tea. And biscuits. And also Stanley J. Crammerhead, the indecipherable like uh, pothead professor. Oh, yes. Yeah. The one who talks about um,
0: he, he kind of has alpha exponents of merely
1: beta potential, blah 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 yeah,
0: and he actually uses a term that you've talked about in the main podcast. Oh
1: yeah, he references Aeolian cadences, Aeolian I think, cadences which is yeah, a reference back to that famous William Mann thing about um, not a second time. But it was that line that made me think. Oh, he's how, read. He's done his reading. Yeah, you know. He, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. How he's he's not just you know. To be fair to me, although his his the the jokes and the general characters are easily done by an Eric Idle. He's person. done his reading. He's he is a research. fan. Yeah, you know all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's done with 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 care, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. so you've got um because the actual Ruttles themselves as characters don't do much. No, no, in this, to. do they? You know, like you say, he plays. Let's go through the four of them, Paul, So, because I'll get them wrong. You t- take me
1: through the four we've got. So we've got Eric as Dirk McQuickley, the McCartney character. We've yes. got Neil Innes as Ron Nasty, yeah. who is the John Lennon character. Yeah. And the the basic joke there being you call him Ron Nasty and you make him really nasty yeah. compared to, at the time, Lennon being full-on the love yeah. guy.
2: Yeah. We are getting wet in a shower because, basically, we talked it over chastity of myself. And we came to the conclusion that uh, civilization was nothing more than an effective sewage system installed so, by the use of plumbing. We hope to demonstrate this to the world.
1: Um, you have Ricky Fatar, fantastic musician Ricky Fatar, mm. as Stig O'Hara, mm-hmm. the quiet one, who is George Harrison essentially. Mm-hmm. And Ricky's a proper musician and he, he is in The Ruttles. Yeah. And you have John Halsey, who is also in the Ruttles as a yeah. band playing Barrington Womble or Barry Wom, who is the Ringo star character yeah so what you've got you've got three people playing th- these people on screen and in the band yeah Eric just mimes Dirk McQuickley, who is essentially played by Ollie Halsell, right. who features in the film briefly as Leppo, the fifth Ruttle essentially the Stu Sutcliffe character, but actually is the guy who does the McCartney-style voice and does the guitar and stuff, and who sadly died in the early 90s. Um, We've talked about him before, but the other thing to mention while we're talking about the band is, yeah, obviously they're there having to appear on screen as the the Ruttles mocking up this Beatles attitude. Neil made them rehearse. Neil made them a a proper band. They didn't just go in the studio and piece it together he made the Ruttles into a band that practiced and learned all the songs. Yeah. So they were a tight unit. They had that intensive little mini period of yeah. of just doing that stuff together. And I think, again, that that sort of transfers in its own way into the music and then presumably a little bit onto the screen, especially with John Halsey as, as Barry Wom, who's brilliant.
0: Yeah. But yeah, they don't actually... They, you gleam stuff from the documentary, the way it's put together, the, the mockumentary about the characters but it doesn't they don't do a lot of parodying them it, it's it's it doesn't open them up to kind of like mocking them or anything you know the joke no. the joke about john lennon's kind of alternative being wanting a squadron of tanks yeah. and the joke alternative being um a nazi she's being
1: hitler's daughter <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um is just like you say, it's just that, the It's opposite. just a mirror gag, essentially. It's just, the it's just opposite. you know,
1: flip the reality on its head.
0: We only get the McCartney thing, is that he's, they go for the, when they do the whole wives bit, the, the kind of parody of the something video with everyone having their, their wives and Paul McCartney's wife being obviously like, he he's trying to be the Lothario and he's not doing it very well.
1: Well, I think, yeah, that's the, that's in its own way, that's the strangest and most savage bit of it, yeah. really, is that what well, Eric has Dirk McQuickley when he's playing the piano yeah. to try and write a, a twee love song. F.
2: D, D,
1: D. D, D, D. D, 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 D. D, you know what, people were attacking McCartney for, right? Oh, okay. saying you're, you're Twee, you're the Twee Love Song one, and so when you've got Eric going, dee 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 de, dee de, dee de, dee dee, yeah, that's actually quite, quite savage. And I think that possibly may have annoyed Paul McCartney, right. but no one knows for sure.
0: No, okay, so but that again, there's nothing, there isn't anything else that jumps to mind about any characterization of the Paul McCartney character no you get the 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 ringo um barry Wong character the main thing is the way that they show how he got to sing a song or two and he manages to to deliver it with all the kind of jollity and warmth of a ringo song but with the obvious not being as naturally a singer as the other ones type of uh, idea which is you know what they're trying to go for there but they don't they don't Again, they don't go nasty with it because they're still nice. Like Ringo songs, they're good songs, they're fun, and he's a nice chap type of thing. They don't, they don't, they could have gone. Although to
1: this day, I will not understand why they do Living in Hope in the setting that they do it in this film.
2: I grew up in the country.
1: Is that the one with the, kind of kind of a pub in the background? Yeah, they do it on stage as if it's the as if it's like the nineteen sixty five Beatles, and it's like a Ringo song against some stupid backdrop on stage, like of of like yeah. a street type thing. Yeah, it's like but a, the song's a clearly a parody of uh, Don't Pass Me By. Yeah, which wouldn't have had a which live. wouldn't have happened live no. anyway. But clearly no. they wanted something to have Barry Having, singing live. Yeah. Well, that image, uh, but that I that, don't understand the backdrop bit. I don't get that at all. I think no, on the on the narration, Eric says, "Oh, we just put a silly backdrop up for this one." It's like, well, why? Because yeah, do yeah. you don't have does, any Beatles thing where they do where they've got a street yeah, scene on a panto backdrop behind them?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I did wonder about that one. It's, it 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 lacks the detail there because it's not really yeah. linked to anything in in a film which otherwise does hit notes from the yeah. actual story that one's just a bit strange the nearest thing it made me think of was is didn't ringo come his first solo album the one of all classics and that was a kind of like a, a, a suburban street and pub in the background or well something.
1: the pub that's still uh, still here in yeah that, that live near yeah i don't know if that's um, the it's got like a big it. new mural of ringo on the side now Oh, which right, I've, not, yeah. I've not been down to see yet, actually, but um, oh, I must go before. Get yourself down there. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then the the, the Ricky Fattah character is just a... Doesn't say a word does in Doesn't say entire. anything, because that's yeah. yeah. the idea that George Harrison is the quiet one. And, and is it because of George Harrison's Indian music influence? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of... Uh, there's moments in this film, again, modern eyes looking back. Yeah. We have some sort of jokes about things like... Uh, Leggy Mountbatten's sexuality couched as they are in weirdness and silliness that actually are a bit uh, and you also have Ricky Fattah who was actually from South Africa is essentially at the end of the film takes up a position as an Indian air hostess and that's a bit like Mm. oh well he's got slightly darker skin so he can be anything, Mm. anything that's not white Mm. and it's like well that's a bit not right, really. It's a bit of a, but the gag is yes, it's it's George Harrison, so we're taking his Indian thing. Yeah, and at the end, Stig goes off to be an Indian Airways air hostess or whatever it is. Mm.
0: But they say there's not there's not really any of them. There's not there's very few moments of any of them actually. They don't do the. They do a little bit of the. Um, they get the banter stuff down, don't they? They do a couple of scenes yeah. of 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 um of Ruttles Beatles banter. It must have been a great honour meeting the Queen. Yeah, it must have been. What did she ask you? She asked us who we were. What did you
1: say? I said I was him. I felt more like him than me. Do you feel better after seeing the Queen? No, you feel better after seeing the Doctor. Not my Doctor, you don't. Not (laughs) your Doctor, no. What are you going to do now? Back to your place. Yeah, well, you can't get away from press conferences, so one of the big things when you ever watch any Beatles stuff is press conferences. So they do two very clever things here. One is they have quite a good mock-up of the MBE one, and mm. they get them to do some Beatles banter. Mm. Um, not my doctor, you don't. No, not your doctor. Um, but they also have the them arriving in America for that really yeah. famous press conference yeah, where the Beatles con- are absolutely scintillating and brilliant. Mm. And in this one, they go on and don't say a word, just wave. Yeah. You know, Dirk looks at his watch, and they go off again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because it's the American one in real life where they were just being thrown questions from everyone. Yeah, and they they
1: handled it amazingly. And they're so funny and and natural and and get great reaction. It's great to do the joke being here. Although I I, I believe they did shoot actually, you know, them answering questions and he cut it out. So it's better uh, the way it is of like them coming in in front of a crowd, walking off. Yeah. I think this is...
0: The thing about why the film and the concept, you know, the music, the concept, the film, the, the whole idea of the rules lands so well and has the legacy is because they're not, you can't really do a parody of the Beatles doing press conferences and being funny in a way that is nasty because they were good at it. So you can just continue that funniness and make you think fondly of the Beatles by yeah. seeing a version of them doing the Well, same the only other they thing they you did.
1: could do would be to be nasty and, yeah, exactly. and about yeah. it and that wouldn't suit the, the so there has been of plenty this. of
0: sketches where people have gone down that route. I've, seen, you know, there yeah. are a couple of sketches that jump to mind of people, you know, or taking the easy route, and they don't. They, this doesn't. This I think this this main mostly. No, it mostly is do, it's definitely it done with love, with and it's it's done yeah.
1: with fondness, yeah. um, and gets yeah allows us to enjoy enjoy the Beatles secondhand again and yeah. something new.
0: Like I say, so, so we've we've got the, the 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 ruttles and the narrator. Then we have um, a cavalcade. Well, we oh, have about yes. two. <laughs> well, the t- celebrities. I'll do some more of the um, the entourage after this. But the, we've got mainly we have Mick Jagger doing a great turn. I think
2: we were living in you know squalor. And we didn't have any money, and we saw these. There were the rattles on the TV with girls chasing, and we thought. This can't be that difficult, so we thought we'd have a go ourselves.
0: Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I mean, a very good a great sport and showing he's got some um, improvisational chops on him, hasn't he, as well? It,
1: well, he, is, I don't know. Is he improvising or is the main thing he's doing remembering to replace Beatles' names with Ruttles names and just telling the truth? <laughs> but, but even that would, is, is a clever way into it. Yeah. If he's like, okay, I'll just...
0: You know, because if Paul McCartney had tried it... <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. He, he, Bless you, it's, Paul. It's, it's very natural. He he manages to make it more so than Paul Simon, who who does a very straight. Not 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 that Paul Simon's unbelievable, but Paul Simon gets through his by doing it very very straight laced and very yeah yeah precisely and slowly. Whereas Mick Jagger's got that real conversation. Yeah, he just feel that.
1: he just feel a lot more natural. But then Mick Jagger's acted in things as well, so you know he's yeah. So maybe that's that helps a little bit. It really brings it brings it to life a little bit i think yeah and he's Getting... so close to the beatles as well so you can tell that he is just telling stories about the beatles but changing names um
0: it, yeah it, it's um there's so a they're, little they're, glint
1: in his eye i think all the way through
0: it they're great and we have um they're the only two I'm,
1: am I right well you also from... have as themselves you have roger mcgough roger from McGough. The scaffold he, he, yes
0: we get that he gets to do the um he gets a good gag moment. He gets a gag. He gets. Um,
1: I love Roger McGough. I like yeah. the Liverpool Poets. Um, a big fan of of them. Uh, so it's, it's it's amazing to see Roger McGough in there. I remember buying my first book of Roger McGough, not buying it, but asking for it, The Imaginary Menagerie. Yes, I remember that. And getting it from the the Tesco's in Scarborough, right. Because I'm I think maybe I'd seen it on Blue Peter or something like that. I'd seen him on something like that.
0: I think we'd seen it something on telly. Yeah, know, something, so I might parents. have been Blue
1: Peter or something like that and, and finding it very funny and then seeing it in the newsagent's bit in the Scarborough Tesco's in the 80s mm. <laughs> and getting it and just it being one of my, might be the first proper poetry book I ever owned and it being for kids and it being very funny. To amuse yeah. emus on hot summer nights, Kiwis do wee wees from incredible heights. <laughs>
0: Yes, I remember it fondly too. I read it a lot. Your copy of that. Yeah. Um yeah, it was good to see him. So I think that's that unless I'm missing of one. No, know, they're, as they're the three as real people. Yeah. Appearing as themselves. Then we have orbiting the ruttles, we have Leggy Mountbatten who's you know, they don't really go f- for Brian Epstein. I mean, of course there's that bit about yeah.
1: The bit about the bullfighters, the bit about yeah. It's a trilogy. funny way you have to deal with with Leggy Mountbatten being Epstein, so played by Terence Baylor, great actor, yeah. great comic actor, did a lot with Eric Idle, um, and because with Brian, you've obviously got his sexuality to to contend with mm. in t- telling the story of him, yeah, and you've got his business dealings, mm. and you've got his death. Yes. So you can't just you can't have a death in the middle of the comedy film. No. Um, but you can't also ignore the other two things. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. They could have th- done.
0: They could have done. They could have. They could have not possibly, the possibly sexuality, but didn't need to come into it as a kind of.
1: Yeah. So I don't know why they make him a sort of older man. Yeah, but the, yeah, they rather do than change sort him of enough
0: so they don't feel like they're doing it, they 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 make it quite clear he's not meant to be him. Yeah. If they'd have made if they'd cast someone the same age and the same, you know, with his kind of um, is debonair look and things, it would have been a bit like, well, that's a bit on the nose, isn't it? But
1: then it's strange when they introduce um, Gwen Taylor as his mother. Well, um, the hair and, uh, the presents the music. He liked it? No, he hated it. Well, what did he like? Well, um, uh, the trousers. To do the Mrs. Iris Mountbatten stuff. Right because that's her playing Queenie Epstein, um, who I think is interviewed a lot in A Long and Winding Road. I've obviously never seen it. If anyone's got a copy right, on the no, bootleg, no. I'd love to see it. I think she features in a small interview in the All You Need Is Love documentary series. So that's yeah. that's the person who delivers the, I think it was the trousers. Yeah. You could see everything, outlines, stuff. Yeah. So, but they've got, Leggy mountain batten, looking like he's the same age as her, playing his mother. Yeah, which is and a they, bit
0: odd. They deal with the whole thing about you know where it would have been the death in the story. He just moves to Australia to take a teaching. Suddenly somebody, yeah, moves to Australia. Um, but they get to do that gets them through that beat of um. You know. Well, it's the trigger then, the...
1: basically, for the film to start to end because it, it moves you into the second part of the Beatles yeah. story, and it's the they fall apart. Yeah. Is essentially how it goes on from there in, in Ruttle's world. But yeah, so we've got him and then we've got Barry Cryer very briefly he, being in it. As Dick Jaws. Yeah. The music publisher. Who's
0: obviously meant to what's his name of the guy? Dick James. Dick James, yes. Who did, 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 lots
1: of people know better than ever now because of Get
0: Back. Because he appears in Get Back and yeah. slimes into the studio and back out again.
1: Yeah. In, in a well, scene
0: that I, just makes you think, oh God, money people.
1: It doesn't do him, uh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily make him no. look great. Um, but yeah, right, so, he's he's in it for a bit, and he
0: gets his scene on the, around the desk, uh, you know, behind the desk where he's talking. But then it, you kind of alluded to like this You kind of see him in the wings. You think, but I
1: don't think it's him again. It feels like him. No, we we see, we see basically have a quick interview with Barry Cryer as Dick Jaws going on about signing them up for the rest of their natural life as as. Yeah songwriters, and then you have a sequence in the studio where you see him having an argument with Leggy Mountbatten yeah, and Frank Williams playing Archie McCaw, who is the George Martin character. Right. Um
0: We don't get introduced to that person, do we?
1: Well, do we? Archie McCaw is the person who says, I, you know, I, they asked to see my door, but I wouldn't show it to them. Oh, yes,
0: right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: he gets that bit, yeah. It is. There's so much packed into it, actually, that you only get real small bits and it's just...
1: Yeah, because you think about how big George Martin is in the story now. Yes. Now, we we don't talk about the Beatles. We're not talking about George Martin here. He just gets a couple of sequences as Archie McCaw. Um, Basically, that one interview with him and then him in the background of one of the mock-up studio bits. It is what you would get. This is, you know,
0: the anthology had to fit in 70-odd minutes. Yeah, yeah. This is as much as you would get of any of these people. And it is what you'd get if you watch like the History Channel at three o'clock in the afternoon and they've got some cobbled-together documentary which doesn't have any oh, license yeah, yeah. to the real music. This is what kind of level of detail you get in a, in an hour-long documentary type of thing. But um, yeah, so those are the main ones, aren't they? I think that's it. And then you've got the... Um, they're mainly the English actors. And then the other... Well,
1: we thing. also have uh, Henry Wolfe as Arthur Sultan, the Surrey mystic. Of course, who is, yeah. Is the so, Maharishi Mahesh yeah. Yogi. And that's that does, yeah, make up the majority of the English cast, many of whom had been in Rutland Weekend television, yeah. especially Gwen Taylor, who plays Mrs. Iris Mountainbatten, and Chastity, who's the Yoko Ono character. Right. That's the same um, person. Okay. But also we have, without a speaking line, but in loads and loads of scenes, we have a roadie oh, right. put, played by a guy called Robert Putt, who is essentially Mal Evans, and you mm. see him right from the start, right through to the end, and his costume changes slightly here and there, and he's often in the in the scenes with them. Oh, see, I I, I haven't watched it any,
0: near as much as you, so I, I'll have to look out for that next time. Um, and then you move over to, to the other side of the pond. Yeah, and we start getting the SNL crew, don't we? Yeah, so we yeah, get, yeah, yeah. We get um Dan Aykroyd.
1: Yeah, playing a very strange character called Brian Thigh. <laughs> Who is supposed to be Mike Smith, the guy from Decca who turned them down. Yeah, he's just meant to personify the person who turned them down. Yeah. As far as I know, there's no footage of of Mike Smith smoking and coughing. Coughing. No, it's just... (laughs) But um, maybe there is somewhere, I don't know. You turned your back on all those millions of sales, all those hundreds of gold records. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What's it like to be such an asshole? What?
0: Yeah and then you've got John Belushi playing Long Decline.
1: Yeah. And he's the <laughs> He's equivalent. brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant in this. Yeah. In his
0: couple of sequences. That, that scene where he's walking to his office and everyone's just throwing themselves out of yeah. windows and hanging
1: themselves. Yeah. Just
0: it's so silly. That's yeah. great. Yeah and
1: his two henchmen who are a couple of the writers from SNL.
0: Yeah. You get the famous of the feeling that they they've just filmed it in an afternoon like
1: in the I, SNL offices, which is what they did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> As like, Let's just do it here, you know. Um,
1: yeah. But like I mean, John Belushi's acting in that is brilliant. It's a brilliant portrayal. And it is a case of apparently when Alan Klein saw it later, he was like, How does he how did he know I talked to myself in the mirror?
0: You ask me, Where's the money? Where's the money? I mean, I don't know where the money is. I've never been good with figures, you know that. I don't know anything about math. It was never my good subject. I don't know where the money is, but if you need money, I'll give you money.
1: <laughs> so he just he just got hold of The character thought, well, this sort of character would torture himself in the mirror. Yeah. Or Eric and him came up with that or something. And we've got. But we've always liked John Belushi because we're big Blues Brothers yeah, fans, aren't we? So uh,
0: yeah, yeah, the good Belushi. And um, and then Apart we from have, the drugs. Yeah. And then we have. I always slip my mind now. Oh, Bill Murray, Bill Murray the K. Yeah, playing the DJ who kind of picked them up. Playing Murray the K. Yeah, the K. Yeah, Um, just doing a very quick turn. I mean, they're all they're all kind of very quick cameos, really, aren't they? Belushi's is the biggest of them, and that's but it's all in one sequence. Yeah, but it it gets them into the film and really also brings together so many worlds, isn't it? Like you just said about the Blues Brothers and obviously the Saturday Night Live comedians and I think that's Eric Idle as well isn't it because he's the he's the transatlantic python, yeah he's isn't a isn't connection him? there particularly he's, as, although know, he's pretty much completely trans the Atlantic now hasn't he and doesn't ever come back um, but yeah it's a uh, we, yeah we get all them and I think that, that we, we've got some other bits and bobs here and there for.
1: well I mean I'll people. do a very quick rundown if you yeah. want of some of the other little bits I'll, I'll go super fast with yeah. this as well uh, make sure I haven't missed anything off there we have Michael Palin of course, Michael As Eric Palin. Manchester. Oh, and
0: there's one big one, yeah. Go on. Michael Palin, yeah.
1: So that's Derek Taylor. And Derek Taylor, again... The press was, officer. S- yeah, the press yeah. officer was still involved with the Beatles in the 70s or involved with that world of them. Yeah. And so was also involved in the Ruttles by association. So it's brilliant that he's there and, and it, that Michael Palin's playing it. If you wanted anyone to play you in your life, it would be Michael Palin, I think, even to this day. Yes. But then you get amazing people turning up in it, like Ronnie Wood from The Stones playing um, Hell's Angel. Oh, yeah. You you get the classic Jeanette Charles playing the Queen, as she has done on TV for (laughs) forever. You get the amazing sequence at the end with Gilda Radner playing Mrs. Emily Pules, the person he stops in the street and slaps until she can't stop talking about the... Oh, yeah.
0: What what do I know her Well, she's
1: SNL as well and from a lot of... um, a lot of American comedy, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. I feel like I'm a
0: sitcom, but I might be getting mixed up.
1: Uh, and I mean, and you get all sorts, and that includes people like Eric's wife, Tanya, playing the sort of, you know, on the street streetwalker <laughs> in in Hamburg. Yeah. You get those fantastic people playing the the sequence in um, New Orleans. You know, the people playing the Rutling Orange Peel, Mrs. Yeah. Peel, Bob Gibson, I love, I Pat, Pat Perkins, I, Jerome well, Green.
0: I remember when we used to watch probably one of I don't know how young we were when we first watched this, with the scene where he's claiming to have written their music and she's going, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, no,
1: she's absolutely brilliant.
2: Well, sir, they come here and they took everything they ever written. those four guys from Liverpool came here. He's lying. I ain't lying. He's always I lying. lying. I ain't lying.
0: Every time there's a documentary on white music around right here, he claims he started off. I all. did, I did, I
2: did.
0: It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Every time someone comes around here, you yeah. claim you wrote I love that. And I think
1: that's lifted from all you need is love the popular music story. Because oh, right. it doesn't make sense in the in the Ruttles thing. No, it doesn't. It's, no it's drawing the um, I think they've just that's a sequence that's about the how much, you know, expensive documentaries. Oh, okay. Going yeah. off to strange places to ask questions. Yeah. And the fact um, that they're,
0: like there must be people root to see kind of people from from the, you know. Yeah. Who were like, well, they've just taken what we've done and they've made it big and brought it back to us, kind of thing, which is kinda of, yeah. well, that's true. That's just the that's just the, how, how the music influences worked, isn't it? You know? Yeah.
1: Then we have Lorne Michaels himself, um, as the merchandise guy who baffles Leggy Mountbatten into a deal in that one sequence. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, the Ruttles. Which is a
1: very, pants. very quick and very clever way of talking about the whole Beatles merchandising issue in America, which was yeah. a huge problem. Right. In terms of a bad deal made by Brian yeah. and the the Celtabe, which is Beatles Backwards uh, <laughs> association that they arranged to do all that stuff with. But of course, we mustn't forget the interviewer played by George Harrison. Well, that was the yeah, that was the big one. We have a That's real the stamp life of approval beetle in there. There have been continued allegations that Ruttle Corps is going bankrupt. Eric Manchester, the Ruttle's press agent, are these allegations true? No, no. No, they're, uh, they're conjecture, you know. They're, they're sort of rumour. I think you find that where you get success, you'll always find this sort of rumour. No.
0: And um, it's it's such a great, yeah, you say, seal of approval that, that he. We get a proper beetle in there, also playing a part related to, you know, a not very nice part of their actual story, the ransacking of the Apple kind of company, the the, 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 the failure of, of their yeah. dream, yeah. essentially. The, 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 the hemorrhaging of money from their coffers, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and doing it with obviously being such a good sport about it. Yeah, and doing a good job, as whoever what is has he got a name?
1: Eric Manchester. Uh, uh, so no, he's just the yeah. interviewer, and he's interviewing Eric yeah. Man.
0: Eric Manchester, and he's done in. Um, yeah, he's been giving a grey hair and a moustache, yeah. hasn't he? And yeah,
1: and I do believe that there was a, a point where they were doing some filming, and he was in his outfit as the interviewer, and. uh I think Eric and Neil were there in their Ruttle outfits, and some fans came up and were like, went up to Eric and, and Neil, and were like, "Are you, are you Beatles?" And George just stood there as the interviewer being ignored. <laughs> <And> <laughs> apparently, that pleased him very much. Oh, I can imagine.
0: And his wry sense of humour, and you know, would have it was so compatible. I mean, and he was he was the the hand behind. The Holy Grail and things, wasn't it? So he had that relationship oh, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. With, um, with with Eric Idle and, and the rest of the yeah. and he's as...
1: fully behind this. This couldn't have happened without George. So. Yeah.
0: So, talking about real life Beatles, then you, you, we've touched upon. We'll you'll never know what Paul McCartney really thought of that that little kind of slight dig at him that's in the film. But what do we know anything
1: about his his relationship to the Ruttles
0: film or in
1: general? Well, as far as we know, obviously George loves it, and he kept talking about it for all of his life. Yeah. And his dream was essentially that he would have liked the Beatles and the Bonzos to have got together to be one big band. Right. And that's a funny thing with George because you think he hated being in the Beatles, but actually I don't think he did. He he hated the world they had to occupy to be the Beatles. Yeah. And if they could have all just got together in some nether space mm. and just had fun and laughed right. and made music. Yeah. It would have been amazing for him. um. And so, yeah, so for George, it's it's such an important thing. And I think it helped him deal with being a Beatle. Yeah. Having the ruttles there as a thing.
2: Yeah.
1: We know Ringo saw it and apparently liked the happy bits, didn't like the sad bits. Right. Which is fair enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think Ringo is an emotional sort. And I think that's the same thing that perhaps held up a lot of the Let It Be Get Back stuff for a long time yeah. is because... For Ringo, it's like this is very raw. You know, this yeah. was a this was people I loved, and I had to I had to suffer in the space with them, and we struggled with each other. Yeah. And so to see this do the bits where they break up, yeah, or you know their manager vanishes, whatever. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But by all accounts, Ringo and George once sang "Ouch" to Neil and Eric. So <laughs> okay. It's you know it's it's a mad a mad beautiful thing. John got a preview tape and refused to give it back because he loved it so much. Okay. So John, and apparently Yoko liked it. Yeah. And you'd have to to be portrayed as basically a Nazi. Yeah. Which is, which you know... It's, it, it's sort of... It seems like it might be really nasty, but I think it's the cleverest thing they could have done, really. Yeah. To take someone like Yoko, who sort of preaches sort of peace, and does it in such a strange, nebulous sort of way that a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. You know cards that just say breathe on them or whatever, or, you know, climb up a ladder to look at the word yes, yes. Yeah. type thing. And all the stuff in Grapefruit, the the book, all those sorts of things. Mm. To give her, her character has to be something totally different to that, so why not make it essentially Hitler? Yeah. And do the, the instead of the bedding, you're sitting in a shower um, where you can see Gwen Taylor cracking up because they kept laughing during that scene because it was really hard to do. Um, and instead of Bottoms, to make the film Feet. Yeah. Because Bottoms is what already is, ludicrous. What's the song that's playing when that's scene on? <laughs> well, my voice went very strange then. <laughs> you need feet to walk around with. That's Bernard Breslau from the Carry On films.
0: Oh, um, okay. Right. It's, it was an existing and song. I
1: need feet to run away from you.
0: So, is that something that already existed and they used it? Yeah, for yeah, it was already yeah. a single, that
1: was. Okay. <laughs> My voice is cracking up. I've run out of tea, you see. Oh, dear. I had I some get... tea to start with, so oh if i have no. been a bit silly, it's because I've been uh, drinking tea. Brilliant.
0: So that was that's as much as we know. What about Paul McCartney? Was there any more beyond?
1: No, you? well, yeah, sorry. The, the Paul McCartney thing was people kept asking him about it, mm. and he was, in the 70s, not playing the game as much necessarily so he was doing a lot of no comments yeah no comment no comment and apparently both Eric and Neil have have, you know their paths have crossed over the years and they've tried to apologise or talk to him about it Mm. and he sort of said oh I get it yeah it's fine apparently Linda loved it so that's fine but you know then she's portrayed on screen by Bianca Jagger who's ludicrously glamorous yeah um but I wonder. I presume Bianca and Linda would have known each other, so I wonder if they talked about it. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you played me in the ruttles. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's
0: it's fair enough, really, because uh, you know you don't. Unfortunately, for for people like the Beatles, which of which there's not very many, you know you don't get to own the story that you put out into the world because you put it out there. No, no, that's it. Yeah. So you put your you are t- totally entitled to not really make it known if or... or,
1: Yeah, you're also not
0: obliged to... Yeah, you don't have to. ...comment on everything. Yeah. And um, as we know, McCartney, despite everything, still felt very much in the 70s that he needed to make a name for himself being out, you know, with wings or whatever. Yeah, away from it. He he still felt he could end up on cruise ships in five years. So he he might have been quite guarded. Not really... His work ethic doesn't allow him to to think, ah, it's fine. You know, he's probably still worrying about his career even though he, yeah. he never needed to. Um, although he, I guess he did, because that's who he is. But um, yeah, so it's great. I think what we'll do, Paul, is we'll we'll start to um, wrap up a little bit for this bonus episode. But right. let, just, last thing I want to just ask you about, just to, 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 to wrap it up, is there was a kind of weird sequel, wasn't there? But it, it it's a bit strange.
1: Ugh, I have not got through it yet. Okay. You can find it online. They did... He did a Ruttles 2, Can't buy me lunch. Right. Um, years and years and years and years and years later, where he basically recycles loads of the same jokes, gets mm. a few more celebrities in like uh, Steve Martin and mm. uh, who else does he get in there? He gets like Bonnie Raitt and all sorts. And it just—it's the same. The problem is, it's the same ground trodden. Yeah. And what he's also done in that situation, he's just used spare footage from the original film and original footage. Right. So he's, a few of sort of outtakes and unused sequences he's put into this thing, Can't Buy Me Lunch. So he's kind of cobbled it together. He's cobbled it together with no involvement from anyone else, essentially. For so no, no new Neil. songs. But he's used the songs off archaeology. Yeah. right. Despite having nothing to do with it. Yeah. And him and Neil having a falling out, I believe, mm. over this because Neil struggled because they, Neil ended up losing his copyright on the Ruttles songs because... Yeah. ATV took him to court and ended up he ended up being Lennon McCartney Innes. Right. You know, it's it's mad. It's nothing that the Beatles could do, George could stop that happening because they didn't control the copyright in their songs. So. Right. Um so it's there's a whole story there that's not worth lingering no. on here. I hope um Eric and Neil made their piece properly. Yeah. I I, th- I I think they did. Hmm. But I don't know and it's not for me to say really. No. Um
0: well, Eric, if you are listening and you want to come on and talk to us, that would be that would be absolutely lovely.
1: He yeah, might sue us. <laughs> don't sue us. Yeah, don't sue us. We haven't got
0: anything. We haven't got anything. Just, no. Just no point. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we won't talk much more about that then. No. But, no, 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 no. but I, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. It's always good. It's been great fun in series one to having the Ruptures Clacks and go off and being able to listen to you know talk about the songs in general. So yeah, you know, I think we now we've covered the film as well. Um, the ruttles are quite nicely tied up in a little bow, yes. But, um, that someone should go and open and experience for themselves, yeah, um, for sure. So Paul, I do believe this is probably going to be our last one, I, unless we come out with um We may have a bonus episode here or there. Then this is this is pretty much the end of series two, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think this makes sense. I mean, we got into f- the films. We did the films, and we've done the ruttles. Yeah, we've done a nice collection of stuff. We've done, we've done the anthology.
0: We've done live at the BBC. We've done the films. We've done the ruttles, and um, I've got a minor knee operation, which means I'm not really going to be able to do any episodes for a little while. So it's a good time for us to kind of stop for a few months and
1: take stock and come Because back. people don't know this, but you run around a lot whilst recording this. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you, basically, you you're either to... on an exercise bike, constantly yeah. cycling, which is why you can't possibly do this when you've got a knee. I've got a knee in operation. No, no, no.
0: But no, I, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> what? Having
1: had put a, a, a big operation on my hip many, many years ago, I understand I the be... desire to recuperate without... Uh, Without too much uh, messing to do.
0: Yeah, no, maybe a lot of sofa going on. Um, but anyway, also, we have reached this kind of natural point, and I think we want to come back with season three. So we're going to we, do a season three? We're going to do a season three, yeah, we're going to do, or a series three, depending on what continent yeah. you're in. Um, we, we're going to do a series three, and Paul, I, f- I think what we're going to do Go is on. we're going to do a selection of, well, Not a selection. We're going to do all the Beatles. All or nothing. The post-Beatles,
1: Beatles Beatles singles between 1970 and 1980. Yeah. So we're going to do the 1970s in singles. So all the solo singles. And B-sides. And B-sides. From all of them as solo artists, including any B sides that might be like Yoko stuff, because mm-hmm. you know, if that's the B side to a, a physical record, we're not going to ignore all that type of thing. Uh, and we're going to incorporate John's singles of 1969 and 1980, but yeah. essentially it's the, the 1970s in solo singles outputs for in the UK, yeah. That's that's the system we're going to use, isn't it? Yeah, and that gives us a Total of...
0: Oh, how many was it in the end? I can't Luckily. remember. I think we worked it, out... Enough. We're going to go back to series one format. Five songs a sh- um, an episode in a randomised order. Back to mm-hmm. the old scoring sequence. Um, sequence? System. System, even. Back to the old scoring system. And I think I worked out it would be something like another mm. 25 to 30 episodes worth. Bloody um, hell. It's, it's quite... it's It's a good chunk. So... And I'm really looking forward to it, because there's definitely, most, definitely, definitely Well, it's, me too, heard. there's
1: a lot of stuff in there I don't really yeah. know, having never fully got into, you know, very detailed listens to a lot of the solo stuff, so it's it's going to be yeah. a, a, a journey of discovery for me too. F- for also. all of us, and we hope yes, you all together. come, I hope you'll you'll come, come with, with us on this journey, It'd be nice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, we do, us and that, that but I th- yeah, if we can, man.
1: Yeah, well, that should be very good, won't it? To come round here, we'll listen to a thing, put it on disc player. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> um, but we might try and sneak in a couple of specials before we start. Yeah, we that. might
0: do. Yeah, we'll. we'll we, there's,
1: there's always... because there are things that we haven't done that people have asked us to do, and we should do.
0: Yes. So, yeah, we may before the series three starts proper, we may have a special or two over summer. Let's mm-hmm. say, for the sake of anyone listening who cares, that we're going to probably get a couple of specials in over summer and come back in the autumn with series three proper. Yeah. Sounds like right yeah. Okay. And well, thank you so much for sticking with us again for series two. Um it's lovely to have you all listening and um knowing that you're listening and joining us in on You've Twitter, all been so very kind. You have. Um please continue to do so even though you've if you listen to this one you probably listened to them all. Tell everyone okay. about it. And yeah. um, we'll see you later in the year. Thanks as always, and goodbye,
1: Mary Rottle.